0: right let's talk noses uh the health cg dr norisham abdullah said in a preliminary study has shown that the delta variant is able to grow in the noses of vaccinated people to the same degree as in unvaccinated people uh, dr rajbans why is this study so concerning to so many healthcare professionals
1: i mean the study that are done in uh, i think uh, u.s and uh, finland basically what it means you still can spread the virus earlier we're well, hoping that people who are vaccinated won't be able to get the virus anymore. I won't be able to spread it to other people. But now we know you still can spread. Uh, So uh, vaccination doesn't mean you cannot not follow the SOPs. You must follow SOPs.
2: But why do no so Like, Does it mean that we might not have symptoms of anything? We might uh, be... Protected from him, but we're we're carriers, basically, n- yeah.
1: You can spray I know a lot of time, viruses like that. Sometimes, if your immunity is better, you know, you might not able to get the disease, you might still be symptom free. That's why I talk about a lot of asymptomatic patients, yeah, yeah. But You still can yeah. be carrier and spread to others. So, this is still important. That's why you still need to make sure that you follow, you know, wear all the masks and follow all the mm. SOPs.
0: So, Doc, knowing what we know about Delta so far, will vaccinations and mask wearing still prove effective, ensuring we don't? Don't get infected with it.
1: I mean, yes, I think, uh, you know, mask wearing and keeping the SOPs distance are important because you don't want to get exposed to the virus because now, you know, even if you're vaccinated, you still can pick up the virus and become a carrier. Mm. Uh, and vaccinations is definitely proven. I mean, the last three months, I've seen so many patients in my hospital and we see the difference between people who are vaccinated and people who are not. Those who are vaccinated definitely get milder symptoms, milder disease, whereas the unvaccinated people can go very fast into category 4 and 5 and even mm-hmm. you know, get severe disease with lung damage, even die from the COVID. So I think it's really, really important that you must vaccinate yourself.
0: Vaccine specialist Dr Ajit Pal Singh Rainer, uh, says a third dose of the COVID-19 vaccine given six months after the second dose can lead to a strong three to five-fold boost mm. in immune response. Wow. So, Doc, will this work with all the vaccines? I mean, how does it work?
1: I think you've going to work with all the vaccines. You know, they, they looked at uh, most of the vaccines and they found that the same thing is happening that uh, seems to boost the response better. I mean, they are talking of boosters all over the world now. Mm. And uh, its question is, when is the booster our normal like the flu vaccines we're looking at it uh, you know once a year before and uh, so whether where are we with the COVID is it going to be six months eight months is it going to be one year so I think it'll, uh, to wait and see I mean his uh, paper talks about after six months right so uh, so then mm-hmm. wait and see because uh, soon every one of us will be in the six month period anyway so do we need a third dose so hopefully in the next one two mm-hmm. months things will be much more clear for I'm very person.
2: concerned about Asha because you got like pretty harsh reactions to the vaccine
0: exactly I haven't even had my second one yet. Yeah. But, but yeah. Doc, how does it actually work, this idea of sort of the booster shot and, you know, uh, I
1: mean just, boosting uh, the uh, immune system? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. The thing is that, you know, it's just your your immune system recognising this as a foreign body again. So it's going to be a stronger immune response. It's like the third time, you know, you give a third dose. Now the immune system knows this is something definitely foreign and it's already prepared. Right. The first time it has an immune response, but now the third time it's going to give you, know, like you say three to five mole uh, five-fold boost in your immune response so your immunity will be even better your antibody levels will be higher
2: i'm trying to figure out how do you mix and match because some in some cases some vaccines are just one shot though right yeah so i'm just thinking whether this the
1: third dose uh, a lot of people are talking about even among our doctors you're talking can we take a different one let's say if i take a Sinovac can i take uh, Pfizer if i take Mm. an Astra can i go and take another different Johnson uh, & Johnson
2: is just one shot Mm. yeah
1: So I think that's something, again, that we will see in the next few months. They'll be letting us know what is the best Mm -hmm. option. So I think the first thing they're trying to do is finish. Let's finish the first round because a lot of people still not even done their first round. Yeah. Yeah. And then we start looking at uh, what about the third dose, you know. So I think they're already looking at that now. And then uh, let's see. Especially with Delta strain, they are seriously looking at giving a third dose. All
0: right. Let's talk about scalping, Doc. Uh, (laughs) A sore scalp (laughs) or scalp sensitivity can be caused by a number of different health issues and other problems. Something as harmless as dermatitis can lead to scalp soreness, or something more serious like an infection may be the cause. So, Doc, what is dermatitis and how do you treat it? I
1: mean, it's uh, inflammation of the dermal layer in the skin, you know. So, it's uh, most time, it's just an allergy. It's an allergy that uh, occurs uh, and could be gained to anything, you know, whether it's something local or whether it's something systemic that causes the allergy. And uh, so, treatment will again depend on the, you know, the uh, but it's again looking things like, uh, you know, doctors will use steroid creams and, uh, mm. you know, antihistamines and all some local applications of uh, creams. So this is what you do. But, you know, again, in a allergic sort of a reaction, I think lifestyle again will play a role, you know, cutting down things that are full of toxins, chemical paste, going more natural, mm. cutting down stress, all that might help. You know, sometimes all these, uh, uh, you know, various uh, things like allergic rhinitis, asthma, eczema, dermatitis, all these are like the body reacting to something that is, you know, uh, causing a problem in the body. So inflammation right. is increased, free radicals are increased. And uh, so sometimes it could be just the thing you're eating, the stress you're having. All these things that are you know causing Mm this to come, you're probably prone for it. uh, You know, maybe genetically you already are prone to such things, uh, but uh, lifestyle will aggravate it. So most treatments will just reduce the inflammation, reduce the free radicals damage Mm -hmm. that's going on, but they might not have a cure. So I still feel that lifestyle plays a very important role to completely reverse this uh, inflammation that's going on.
2: Let dermatitis on on other parts of the body is okay, but if it's on your scalp and your head, how do Apply cream on. I
0: was I was exactly going to ask the same question. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, then, uh, for the scalp, I know we give shampoos and all that, and of course, there are right. all medications you need to take. Mm. Yeah. So the question is, worries like uh, you know, this uh, article says the secondary infections.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: uh, when you get secondary infections, there's bacterial infections, and that can get very serious. You know. Uh, So people can even get septic with that, you know, get uh, from a skin.
2: uh, Wait, how how bad does it get? Like, if it's worst case scenario.
1: I mean, uh, again, like it's a bacterial infection, then you have uh, problems where you get high fever, and that can spread even to other parts. You know, can even get blood infection. Wow, all that Um, uh, would need, you know, then intravenous antibiotics and all those type of things. So, I think if someone is having something like dermatitis, especially in the scalp, uh, I would suggest go and see a skin specialist it something out
0: early. Don't wait until it gets worse. Okay. Strangely (laughs) enough, Doc, we're talking about golf next. Um, Dr. Mm -hmm. Jacqueline Turner, an assistant professor at the Morehouse School of Medicine and an avid golfer, says that there are several physical health benefits to routinely playing golf. Uh, Many men in Malaysia are now sighing (laughs) with relief. Yeah. Um, In fact, a Swedish study suggests golfers may live longer than non-golfers as much as an extra five years. You know, all forms of exercise generally help keep you in better shape but what is it specifically about golf that's so beneficial doc
1: I mean uh, it's a good exercise for a Friday you don't use the buggy and you walk you know if I right. can walk 18 holes, uh, it's, it's a really good exercise. A lot of times, these uh, p- uh, people who play golf do walk in the sun, so you can look at a lot of uh, vitamin D, which is also very beneficial for health, right? The other thing about longevity is that you know stress is one pr- uh, thing that causes uh, you know uh, shortened lifespan. So people who play golf, you know, they are, they are socializing with other friends, they you know s- enjoying themselves. Stress gets reduced. The socialization itself is known to improve longevity, right? So all things, I think. Is just more than just the, not the physical part, but also the mental and the spirit part that is involved here. You know, plus the extra vitamin mm. D. So I think it's a few things that happens, you uh, call. Mm. But uh, like I said, you know, it's not. The, it's the walking. Make sure you walk that eighteen holes or the nine holes. Make sure you you don't play alone. You are with friends. who are, you know, so you are socializing. You are, you know, right, right. Your mind. Your, it's, the you package, your it's
0: the whole package, basically. The whole package. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Otherwise you're just gonna take a buggy and go and yeah. you're doing it alone, it might not be just as beneficial as someone who's, you know, walking and doing all the other things.
2: Actually mm-hmm. actually is the eighteen hole packet.
0: Anyway. <laughs> okay. So Doc, you know, some people sort of assume that you know sports is fitness, right? But you also need to sort of keep fit in order to play sports. Yep, so yep what sort of dangers are we looking at um, when you think about just playing sports and not actually having a proper fitness regime or even being fit enough to play it?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you hear stories uh, and I've seen this uh, quite common, you know, people who never played sports and suddenly decide to take up a spot. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they're not fit enough and then, you know, things can go wrong. Of course, the common things are injuring tearing tearing a muscle or a ligament or a meniscus or having a back pain. You must make sure that you're fit and any... any fitness regime you start always start slow uh, if, if you're above 40 and not done any physical activity at all i would actually recommend get a medical checkup before you start you know oh.
2: uh, make mm. sure you
1: don't have a high blood pressure not diagnosed or you've got a heart condition so at least get that done before you start activity but even if you don't just start slow simple way to do i tell people is uh, just go for a walk look at the time the moment you walk and you find that you have to take a bit of a deeper breath, stop. doesn't matter if one minute, two minutes, three minutes, just stop and go back. And then you next day you add on a 30 seconds and keep on adding on 30 mm. seconds until you reach maybe in one month. You can probably do half an hour without worrying about... Small increments, breaths. yeah.
0: yeah. Right. You know, Doc, we're told, and this article says, nothing beats breast milk for babies. It provides the nutrition they need, protection from digestive problems, and immunity to various illnesses. Yeah, for something so natural, breastfeeding rarely comes naturally. I know that was my case. So, mm. doc, I wonder if you could sort of go through some of the more common causes for a woman to have trouble either breastfeeding uh, or lactating. I mean,
1: it depends on uh, the. thing. I think most of the time it's uh, just the emotional part of it—the fear of, you know, breastfeeding. Some people have heard that you know it's painful and they get worried. Or there are others who have uh, maybe a medical condition that uh, a problem with, you know, breastfeeding. Maybe mm. they a previous breast augmentation or reduction, or things like polycystic orient syndrome. Sometimes can be a problem. Uh, but I think a lot of time is just the emotional part, the fear of breastfeeding, uh, especially their first-time mothers, you know. So I think that's uh, where the education is very important.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's sort of the, the most common ones, not counting sort of the sort of mastitis or in my case, you know, not producing the right amount of milk because I was yeah, unwell. Yeah. So I just didn't have it no matter what I did. Um, mm-hmm. And this is where this article um, mentions something that I actually tried, lactating consultants, you know, where they help new moms anticipate, overcome, any hurdle on the road to breastfeeding success is this a common practice here in asia can you walk us through exactly what they do yeah
1: yeah, I think it's uh, the lactation specialist. I mean, here a lot of our uh, hospitals do have, uh, you know, consultants who help uh, in the. I think in the olden days, even the rural areas, it was a midwife. You know, mm-hmm. the midwife not only helped in the delivery, but they also helped in the mother' overall uh, her condition, her nutrition, helping with the baby, helping with uh, advising about lactation, everything. They they were uh, like a one in all role. Uh, you know, they they yeah. were not just specialized in lactation, but the overall looking after the mother before and after birth. You know, and I think mm-hmm. the now, of course, it's progressed much more. Most hospitals, uh, private or government, uh, have lactation specialists who will advise the mom what to do uh, before. And I think it's much more uh, comprehensive now today. The doctors are involved, nurses are involved, uh, midwives are involved. You've got nutritionists who are... Help out, and then you got lactation specialists. We got mm. even centers today in the private that uh, just uh, have a whole sort of uh, you know, you can stay in two months in that place. Not only will they provide the postpartum nutrition and like and, the confinement uh, uh,
0: people, sort of um, yeah, mommy setup. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, plus also help in the you know, uh, advise you on lactation and uh, breastfeeding and all that. So, I think mm. definitely. We have gone much better than what we were. But even the, in the old days, and even in the rural areas now, I think the midwives still play an important role. Um, mm. And of course, uh, I think in Asia, the, there's still a lot of uh, support from the you know extended family itself, moms and grandmothers and everyone who will be supporting the lady and advising her what to do.